Good morning, everyone. It is Sunday, and I get to preach again. How is everyone? Hope everyone's doing well. I have a very interesting sermon. Let's just say it's interesting. I think it's going to be amazing because every one of my sermons is straight from God. But um, I wrote it in a different way than I normally have, uh, even different than I have in the last few weeks. And to be honest, I don't even know why. It just uh, I pray before I write a sermon, and, and the Spirit flows through me, and, and yeah. So, I actually have some notes, so let's just see how this goes, shall we? Um, predominantly today, we're going to be in Mark and Matthew. Uh, we're going to start out with Psalms. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and give y'all everything before I start praying, so that we can just jump into it. The first one is Psalms chapter 23. Wait for my wife or two. Psalms chapter 23. And then we're going to do Mark chapter 8. We're actually going to be in Mark chapter 8 um, a couple of times. So I already have the twin thing on. I'm already getting hot. Um, we're also going to be in Matthew. We're going to do Matthew chapter 10 and also Matthew chapter 16. So let's do Psalms 23, Mark chapter 8. We're going to have two different verses in Mark chapter 8. We're going to do Matthew chapter 10. And Matthew chapter 16. And then I'm, I, I actually have a couple of other verses. I'm just going to pop over to real quick. There's no need in anyone having to turn there. Just kind of, just going to kind of pop over there and pop back. Nothing, no reason to, uh, <clears throat> to worry about popping there. I guess if anyone wants to, uh, I'll also be uh, referencing Luke chapter 9 and John chapter 1. <clears throat> All right. Let's pray, and we'll just jump right into this. Father God, we come to you, and we praise you, and we glorify you, Lord. Thank you so much for giving us this day, for loving us, for being here with us, for showing us the way to you, Lord, for filling our hearts with your Spirit, those of us who believe. And Lord, I pray that if there are any here that are not filled with your Spirit, that their hearts will be opened by this sermon that I'm about to preach, Lord. And I pray, Father, that you preach through me. You speak through me, through your Spirit. You speak through me and use me merely as a vessel for others to know you and love you, Lord. Because to know you is to love you. To know the sacrifice of Jesus, to know the sacrifice of the Father that sent the Son so that we could be filled with the Spirit and never know death. Our bodies will die, but our spirits will live on forever if we have you within us, Lord. So I thank you and I praise you and I ask you, Lord, that, this, that these words make a nest deep in our hearts and keep us going throughout our week. 
I pray and I ask this and I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's get right into this. Uh, Psalms chapter 23. <clears throat> chapter 23, verse 6. <clears throat> Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Goodness and mercy. God is good and He is so merciful. He is a merciful God. He knows what is within our hearts. And yet, He still loves us. We as human beings, our flesh is weak. Inside and out. And there, the, the thoughts that go through our, our minds and the things that are in our heart on a daily basis and He still loves us in spite of the fact that we don't deserve it. All the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. And you, if you have the Spirit of God within you, you too will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Amen. Alright, let's go to Mark chapter 8. This may be short, it may be long, I'm not really sure. I haven't ever written a sermon quite like this before, which is a good thing, I think. Let's see, Mark chapter 8, verse 34. <coughs> And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I'm going to pop over to Matthew chapter 10, and then we're going to pop back to this. Matthew chapter 10. Verse 38. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 10, verse 38. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. So, Jesus said, Whosoever therefore, actually, and we had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, And whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. He spoke those words. And then he said, and if you don't, if you don't deny yourself, if you don't take up your cross and follow me, then you are not with me. You are not mine. So, 
For us to follow Jesus, for us to be believers, for us to be followers of His glorious light, of His immeasurable love, the most perfect love that's ever been, that ever will be, the one true source of love, the one true source of light, Jesus Christ. For us to be believers. Now, now it's written in other parts of the Bible. Those who believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord, and openly proclaim Jesus as Lord, are saved. We are saved. But to truly follow Jesus, to truly follow as a follower of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, we have to keep His commandments. And this is a commandment. This is a commandment. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I'm going to go back to Matthew and read that again. I should have bookmarked it, but I didn't. I don't have to go back to it with me, but... And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. This is also Jesus speaking. This is Matthew and not Mark. But this is still Jesus speaking. Each, each disciple wrote the gospel. And each one from a different perspective. Jesus is proclaiming Take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. And if you don't, if you don't, if you taketh not your cross and followeth after me, you are not worthy of me. Very clear. A very clear line in the sand. Another time, Jesus said, uh, the, the disciples told them that they, that they saw a man uh, casting out demons in his name, and they rebuked him and told him not to do that. And, they, and he said, anyone who is not against us is for us. Again, that is a clear line in the sand. It doesn't seem so clear, but it's very clear. Look, look what's happening throughout the world. Look what's happening throughout the world. The, the whole world talks about tolerance. Everything is tolerance, 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 tolerance. We need to be tolerant of the sin. They don't say the sinner, but everything that they say, everything that they say from a perspective of a believer and a follower of Jesus is we need to be tolerant of the sinner. Now, we are to love the sinner and not the sin. But that's not the same thing. Loving the sinner and not loving the sin is not the same thing as being tolerant of the sinner. That's my wife's little beeper for her insulin. So if you hear it, that's, that's what's up. Um, everything is tolerance in the world. Every single thing. We need to be tolerant of, of this particular group and their particular beliefs. We need to be tolerant of this particular group and their particular beliefs. We need to be tolerant 
of all of these things that are against God. We need to be tolerant of children being murdered. We need to be tolerant of children being forced into slavery. We need to be tolerant. And yes, yes, they're talking tolerance by that. We're not talking about like slave trading and all that. We're just talking about what's happening to children in their own homes right now. We need to be tolerant of all these specific groups and their specific uh, views. But then when it comes to Christians and Christianity, there's no tolerance there. The whole world hates us, just as Jesus said they would. And the thing is, we, God tells us to love the whole world. Love everyone you meet. Love your enemy. Love not just your friends. Love not just people that love you. Love everyone. And yet, the whole world hates us. That All the tolerance throughout the world has nothing to do with tolerating us as Christians. We are being silenced. We are being killed. And in every other nation in the world, Christians are killed on a daily basis. They have to meet in secret. They have to meet in secret so, so, so that they're not killed. Or, or arrested and tortured. And even here in America, we're not there yet, but we're getting close. We're getting close. There are smaller groups of people that tolerate Christians. But on the grand scale, there's no tolerance there. And Jesus said, those who are not against us are for us. I actually have come in contact with... Okay, so atheists. On the grand scale thing, atheists are abhorrently against Christians on a daily basis, publicly, but privately, I have several good friends that I've had for a very long time, and I didn't know that they were atheists until, until just a few years ago, and they are tolerant. They don't believe, but they're tolerant. They, they accept that, that I believe, and they're still my friends. So they're, but they are against everything that I'm for. They are against everything that I'm for. So they're still against Jesus. But they're tolerant of me because they know me personally. So again, we, we can't separate tolerance. Tolerance and not being against us is two different things. And as it is, as the world stands, the world as a whole isn't even tolerant. Not even going to the level that of those that aren't against us. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let him deny himself. What does that mean? Let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. 
We all have a cross to bear. Our cross is the thing that, well, for instance, one of my crosses that I know to bear is pain. I am in constant pain all the time. And I'll go to doctors from time to time and they can help, but I'm always going to be in pain. Predominantly for mistakes that I made when I was younger. But that's one of my crosses to bear. Not all of them. I have many crosses to bear. Jesus' cross was the heaviest of all the crosses. His cross not only brought death, but it brought the weight of the sin of the entire world. And yes, all the sin that had ever been and will ever be. I can't bear that cross. No man or woman can bear that cross. But we all have our crosses to bear. And, and I talk to other Christians about their crosses. And I actually talk to other Christians about denying themselves. It's easier for a Christian to take upon their cross, to bear their cross and follow, than it is to also deny themselves. Because that is what's said first. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So we have to deny ourselves. Well, what are we denying ourselves? Our roots. Now, Jesus said, Jesus said, you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is the world. Is Most people reference mammon as wealth. Wealth and, uh, and stuff and, and all the things that fill our homes and, and, and make us happy and, you know, being able to, you know, eat at big expensive tables and, and spread all our goods around and, and wear, you know, in Jesus' time, is wear big fancy robes and be revered among men. We can't serve mammon and God. We can serve God. Or we can serve the world. But we can't serve both. Though there are many, many of us that try to serve both. Am I guilty of trying to serve both at, at some point in time? Yes. When I was younger, I thought I could be a Christian and still have all the, all the nice stuff. And still... Uh, I've told this to many people, I was a gamer. Oh man, I played video games four or five hours a day, every single day. But, well that's just video games, it's not mammon. Mammon's about like money and, and, and you know, like, like flashy expensive cars and no, no. Anything of this earth that isn't of God is mammon. And I did have nice cars, or nice to me. Anyway, I used to buy cars and, and trade them and sell them and all of that stuff got between me and God. Oh yeah, I was a believer, but you know, I mean, yeah, I believe in you, God, but I want to do what I want to do. And sometimes mammon isn't even the stuff that, that you can really think about. Sometimes mammon is a job. Sometimes it's a job. How many of us 
will choose our job over our families? How many of us will choose to work instead of family time? Because, man, i got to make that money. It's getting harder and harder to live. It ain't like it used to be. It's getting hard to live out there now. That's something that's been said probably since the beginning of time. We always are driven to work beyond an acceptable amount of time because it's always hard to live. Gas prices are high. Food is high. Electricity is high. Even in older times when there wasn't electricity, there was taxes. You ever heard the saying death and taxes? That's a thing. Everything in this world is designed to keep us from God. Everything in this world is designed to keep us from God. I'm going to say that again. Everything in this world is designed to keep us from God. And who designed it? Who created the grand design to passively keep us from God? Satan. Lucifer. The devil. Yes. Yes, he is real. He is not a fictional character. He is not something someone made up in their head. He is real and he works every single day against you to keep you from God. And he designed everything. The entire system that we live under. So, work. I know people right now that, that believe in, in Jesus. They, they follow Jesus. They love Jesus. But they don't deny themselves. They don't deny themselves. Now, they, I, I know some that deny themselves to a point. Like, uh, they, they don't really drink anymore. Or, which, drinking isn't a sin. Over-consuming is a sin. In Jesus' time, wine was, was an everyday consumption. It was drunkenness. Even before Jesus' time, Old Testament, it's always been, God has always spoken that drunkenness is a sin. But they gave up drinking. They gave up um, tobacco products. They gave up um, partying. They gave up a lot of stuff, but they haven't given up everything. No. Now, do you have to work? Yes. We have to work. We have to work to live. But there is working. There is working to, to pay the bills, and then there's working overwork. There's, there's overworking to try to just, you know, just be able to stack, you know, to stack some, some money up, you know, so that, so that you know, if, if we go through some hard times, you know, I have something to fall back on. Here's the thing. If you're going through hard times, you pray. You pray to God to help you through the hard times. You don't stack money thinking that's going to get you through the hard times because it's not going to get you through the hard times. The hard times are going to be hard. We're in the hard times right now. And it's going to get harder, not easier, especially for believers in Jesus. It's going to get harder. Trying to stack that paper. That's not going to get you through the hard times. It's just going to make you keep working to get through them. The hard times never end on this world. In this world, they don't end. This world is all about the hard times. 
Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Deny himself. Something else. People have things that they do on the weekends. People have events that they go to. Um, kids, their kids in like school events that, I mean, amazingly enough, I've I've been seeing over the years, I worked at a school for a while, the more and more stuff is on Sundays. More and more events, programs, not just school related, are on Sundays. A lot of times the schools will allow these programs to be at the school on Sundays. During the time frame that people would normally go to church, more and more it's becoming where Sunday is an acceptable day to do everything else. Sunday used to be set aside within our society as a day for church. But those days have gone. Those days have passed. So especially for families that have children, those parents, whether they be single or together, they have a hard time being able to go to church and take their children to those events. Whether it be sporting events or, or uh, educational events or any in-between. And, and there's, I mean, there's, uh, you used to, nothing was open on Sundays. Now everything's open on Sunday. You can go to a water park on a Sunday. You can drive all day on a Sunday, go to a water park, and you can stay at a water park all day. That also is mammon. That too is mammon. That is a, a, a thing of the world that you are choosing before God. Now, do you have to walk into a building? Do you have to walk into a building and sit down? And does that have to be church? No, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be church. Church is, beco is becoming more and more an online thing. And online church is awesome. I mean, the good portion of my ministry is online. But it's so easy to go ahead and serve mammon and then just catch that sermon, you know, when you have a little bit of time. You know, right before bed. Or, you know, when you're using the restroom. Or, you know, when you have a few minutes, you know, in pieces if need be. Instead of dedicating a day. Or, or every day. To the Lord. Used to, everyone at least gave Sunday to be a day of worship for God. And now, Sunday is no longer a day of worship for a lot of people. Christians, believers, that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus died on the cross for them. That Jesus resurrected and created or pushed the apostles to create the first Christian church. And then ascended to sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. 
I usually try to put that in there because when when Jesus resurrected, he didn't just instantly ascend. He was on the earth for 40 days. He got the apostles ready. He'd been getting them ready for a while, but he got them ready to start their missions to create the churches so that people had a place to go to learn about Jesus. And then he ascended. He got him right in here. Right in here. And then he ascended. And shortly after he ascended, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And their faith was so astute, so perfect. They knew with no doubt whatsoever that Jesus is Lord. That their faith was so indomitable that the Spirit moved through them in a way that it, he, it, he rarely moves them. Because people don't have faith like that anymore. Why is that? Why do people not have faith like that anymore? Could it be because the world consumes us and tries to keep us from the truth? Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We have got to start denying ourselves all the stuff of the world. We have, got, we have got to start denying ourselves those things that keep us from God. Taking up our crosses and following Jesus. Oh, but I'm already a follower. I'm already a believer. You're a believer. And you're a follower. And you've taken up your cross, but have you denied yourself? Are you fulfilling everything that Jesus said was needed to truly follow him? Are you denying yourself? Or are you have you found a way to live within the world and call the world your home and still follow Jesus? Are you, are you choosing Him first? It's everything that you do every single day for Him, and then everything else is just a secondary. Or has everything become a secondary? I mean, has everything become a primary, and Jesus has become a secondary? Are you following Jesus first? Are you, are you worshiping Him first? Are you following his commandments first? And then working everything around him? Or are you working him around everything else? I'll tell you what. I was going to say 90%. Let's say 80% of believers in the world now put Jesus as a secondary. They make Jesus and their belief and their Worship to be a secondary to their lives. That is not following Jesus. Yes, you're saved. Yes, you believe in your heart. But are you living a Christ-filled life? Are you walking with Jesus Christ? When people see you, do they see Jesus within you? 
Are you leading others to the Lord? Can they see Jesus within you and they want what you got? Or are they seeing, well, yeah, you know, I mean, I can tell, you know, I, I think he's a believer. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Maybe we'll have to go ask him. Are you living across the line? This is a question that I, I asked myself. And I continue to ask myself. It's something that is important to me. Jesus is the most important. Jesus is first. You have to love God first and most. My wife, she had a problem with the fact that I love God first for a while. She's starting to come around. It's, it's hard though. I, I have a friend at work. I asked him, I said, do you love God first? He said, yeah. And then I started asking him some hard questions. I'm not going to reveal to that what it was. And, and he started kind of like, uh, I don't know, man. It's pretty hard. I'm like, it is. It is hard. But if you can't answer these questions easily, then maybe God isn't first in your life. It's easy to say that he's first. It's easy to say that you put God first. It's easy to say that you love Him first and most. But it's harder to live it. To live a life where God comes first. Because God is first. This world is designed to keep us from God. So to truly follow Jesus, To truly, to truly live a Christ-filled life, to walk in Jesus Christ, you have to deny yourself this world. Not just money, not just stuff, but anything that comes between you and God. You have to deny yourself. Does that mean that you never get to have fun? No. You still can have fun. You can still do things that you enjoy. But they need to be secondary to Jesus, not primary. And there's some things that you can't do, that you shouldn't do as a believer in Jesus Christ. Those things you have to deny yourself completely. But there is, there are things like sports and, and, and uh, events and, and games and... and even video games. God, God led me to give them up because they were the primary focus of my life, even over my life. But you can still play video games. You can still go to sporting events. You can still, you know, put all your kids in, in after-school events. You can still go on vacations. You can still live your life and, and, and a happy life. But you have to put everything in this world secondary to God. And you have to pray constantly. And you have to listen when God speaks to you. And if He tells you, remove this, you have to remove it. 
If he tells you walk this way, you have to walk that way. If he tells you do this, you have to do this. If he says deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me, you deny yourself, you pick up your cross and you follow him wherever he may be. But, but preacher, how do I know if he's saying that? I, I've never heard God's voice. You pray. You pray constantly. Not just when you get up in the morning. Not just when you go to bed. Not just when you eat. Pray constantly. Pray every chance you get. And listen. Listen with your heart, not your ears. Listen with your heart. God will speak to you, but you have to be open to Him. You have to be willing to hear and understand His words. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. I am burning up in here. Wore a lighter shirt, which is funny. I wear a long sleeve shirt when I go preach at the nursing home. I feel hotter now than I do in the nursing home, which is wild because they don't have a very good air system. Matthew chapter sixteen, verse thirteen through twenty-seven. This is a it's a good stretch of reading, but I think we can get through it pretty quick. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter was very bold when he wanted to be. When he wanted to be, Peter was incredibly bold. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barhona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. God, the Father, revealed to Simon that Jesus is the Son of the living God. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm going to pop over to John chapter 1. You can stay exactly where you're at if you'd like. John chapter 1, verse 42. And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. So Jesus, when he first met Simon Peter, he gave him a name that represents that of a stone. 
And I'm sure Peter at that point in time had no idea why. Until Jesus said, And I say also unto thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will... And I say also unto thee, thou that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus built the church upon Peter. Peter was to be, through his boldness, the one to go throughout the world and preach the word. Now, we know that Paul actually spread the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, throughout the entire world, but it was Peter that really kicked it off. Peter was very bold. After Jesus' ascension and, and he took and, and the Spirit came and filled all of them, Peter was the one that boldly went throughout all of Jerusalem, all of Israel, preaching the word of Jesus. There were, there were a couple other apostles that, that were also there. And there was a few that were chosen, like Stephen. He had a lot of power. And he was stoned with, with Paul standing right there. And that was intended by God. Again, just another one of those things like, why do bad things happen? Well, Stephen' death opened up the way for Paul to bring Christianity to all of the Gentiles, everyone throughout the entire world, everyone that wasn't a Jew. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm not sure Peter knew what Jesus was saying. Probably didn't understand then either. But after the ascension, after the, the resurrection, I think he started getting the picture. And I will give unto thee the keys, verse 19, of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. For that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Peter told Jesus, I will not allow you to be killed. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense to me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Now, this was Peter, that just a few moments earlier, Jesus told Peter that he would build his church upon him. And the gates of hell would not prevail. And then, a few moments later, Satan tempted Peter into speaking against what Jesus was saying. And Jesus didn't reprimand Peter. Jesus knew it was straight from Satan. And he rebuked Satan and said, get thee behind me. And, and this is interesting. This is interesting. 
How many times have you been in the middle of trying to deny yourself, trying to follow Jesus, and you've got some other thought process that kind of kiboshed the whole deal? Maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was Satan tempting you, the great deceiver, the father of lies. Because he is always working against us. He is always working to keep us from Jesus. He is always working to keep us from following Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Son of the living God. He is always working against us. So we need to stay focused and astute. We need to always keep our eyes to Jesus. We need to always be praying. We need to be denying ourselves constantly picking up our crosses and following Jesus. Verse 24, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profiteth if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Now, Jesus sacrificed his death, which paid the price for our sin, is a free gift, given not of works, given through the blood of Jesus. And his resurrection, through our belief, gives us eternal life in the Spirit, unto eternal life in heaven, given not by works, but when Jesus returns, his second coming, when he returns, for the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works, and judge every man according to what he, he has done and what he hasn't done. According to what he has done and what he hasn't done. I'm going to pop over to Mark chapter 8, 38. Whosoever thou therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed. When he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So, 
verse 27. Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father with His angels, and then He shall reward every man according to His works. And then Mark chapter 8, verse 38. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous, adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So when Jesus comes back, Every man will be rewarded for his works. But every man that is ashamed of Jesus will be denied before the Father God. Judgment. That, my friends, is judgment. When Jesus comes in glory with his angels, he will spread his angels throughout the entire earth and, he, and the angels will gather all of those who believe, who have denied ourselves, picked up our crosses and followed Jesus. He will gather the harvest. And all of those who are ashamed and have denied Jesus will be denied before the Father. Do not be counted above those denied. Be counted among those who are living in Jesus through Him. Be counted among the believers, among the followers, among those who have denied themselves, picked up their crosses and followed. Do not be counted among those who are ashamed, those who have denied Jesus. I'm going to switch over to Luke chapter 9, and we're going to finish up there. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke added something there. What did he add? If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So every single day, Every single day, we are to deny ourselves that which is not of God. Take up our crosses and follow Him daily. Daily denying ourselves. Daily taking up our cross. You don't get to take a break. You always have to walk with Jesus. You can't walk with Jesus and be like, eh, you know, I'm going to go sit down over here, enjoy, you know, a few things of the earth, things of the world, you know, and, uh, and then I'll start walking with Jesus again because that's what we do as Christians, don't we? 
don't we? How many of us are, are constantly denying ourselves mammon? Constantly picking up our crosses on a daily basis. Every day. Constantly. And following Jesus. How many of us don't take a break? How many of us don't sit and put our feet up? How many of us will deny ourselves even you know, in, in the chance that it could be cost us our lives? How many of us right now would deny ourselves the ways of the world that would lead to our physical deaths? How many of us would do that? How many of us would take upon a cross that would lead to our death? Well, let me, let me let you in on something. Following Jesus will lead to physical death, one way or the other. The promise is not that everything on this earth is going to be okay. The promise is that Jesus is our inheritance. As I have preached before, Jesus is our inheritance. Those that, that live by the ways of mammon, who are ashamed of Jesus and deny him, only have this life. When they die, they go to the grave, and then they go to hell. And when judgment comes, then the lake of fire. But those of us who deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow Jesus, this life is just a stepping stone. It is only the beginning. When this life ends, we will ascend to heaven to live with God Almighty for all eternity. That is the promise. It's not that everything on this earth is going to be hunky-dory rosy. It's not that everything on this earth is going to be easy. In fact, everything is going to be hard because we believe that Jesus came and He died for our sins. His blood paid the price so that we could be forgiven of our sin, the sin that leads us to the grave. And then He resurrected and gave us the Spirit of the living God to live within us so that we could be reborn, made into new people, new creations through the Spirit, no longer bound or condemned by sin. And then after spending the time with His apostles so that they could spread the word of Him, His gospel throughout the world, he ascended to heaven to open the gates of heaven to us so that we do not have just this life. We have eternal life in heaven with Him. Amen. Amen. God is good. Isn't He, isn't he good? Oh, he's, so good. he's so good. Let's pray. Father, we, we love you. We thank you, Lord, so much for this day that you've given us. We thank you, Lord, for this word that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for speaking through me as your vessel, through your spirit, for spreading this truth to everyone who that, that hears and will hear. Please open their hearts to truth, Lord. Open their hearts and let them deny themselves and pick up their crosses and follow you. 
daily. Please. Please, Lord, help us to live in you and through you and for you as you live in us. Help those of us who already believe to be brought closer to you, Lord. And let anyone who doesn't believe, let their hearts be opened to truth, Lord. To your Son, Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. Let their hearts be open to truth and let them know that Jesus is Lord. Please, Father, I pray all of these things and I thank you and I praise you and I glorify you and I love you so much and I'm so thankful that you love us so much. That you would send Jesus to save. I pray and I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, I hope everyone has a really wonderful day, and God bless you.